Hey, this is Andrew Houghton at ESPN Missoula, here to intro a new episode of Soccer and Snow and Smoke. Soccer and Snow and Smoke, the podcast that brings you all things soccer in Missoula and the wider Montana area, is brought to you by Zootown Sports Cards, Blackfoot Communications, and Canby Tap House and Coffee. In this episode, a regular season review and Big Sky Conference tournament preview with head coach Chris Chitovitsky of the Montana Grizzlies soccer team. After the Grizzlies just barely snuck into the conference tournament, despite losing 2 to nothing to Weber State on the regular season's final day, it's been a difficult and resolute season for the Grizzlies, who were picked second in the conference in the preseason poll, but picked up just three wins out of eight games in their conference schedule. In this episode, Chris takes us inside some of the troubles that the Grizz faced, and why he's still confident now that they can make a run at the conference tournament championship and a return to the NCAA tournament. Chris Chitovitsky on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. Coming up right now. Soccer and Snow and Smoke rolling on. It's a busy time of year for Soccer and Snow and Smoke. We've got all kinds of things happening. Joining me to discuss one of those things, Chris Chitovitsky, the Montana Grizzlies soccer team. Chris, I wasn't sure we were still going to be talking about your season going on, but you guys did sneak into the conference tournament there with a couple of games over the weekend to finish up your conference schedule and just sneaking into the conference tournament. Let's just start there. The way you're feeling after sort of backing into the conference tournament that way. Yeah. At the end of the day, you got to make the tournament, right? That's the only way to make the NCAA tournament. So a goal at the start of the year is always make it in there. Um, I feel like we've done a good job in non-conference. In my mind, there's always three seasons. There's your non-conference season, there's your conference season, there's your postseason. And so pretty impressed with our non-conference. And then in conference play, it's just we, we've literally limped into the conference tournament. We've done just barely enough to get in, plus we got a favor on the final day to sneak in there. Um, so are we pleased with how we got in there? No. But was it necessary to learn every single one of those lessons for the group? Yes, it was. And we had a pretty good long meeting about that yesterday uh, between functional groups. And then we're obviously in there now, so you got to fix it. You got to move forward, and everybody's at O and O, and win and move on. So we'll see how that goes. Soccer and Snow and Smoke, the soccer podcast from ESPN Missoula, brought to you as always by Zootown Sports Cards, Blackfoot Communications, and Canby Tap House and Coffee. Shout out to all of our sponsors for helping me do this, uh, supporting this little project we've got going here. Chris, a, a little bit more about just the troubles that you guys went through and the the yeah. reason. That you guys were in that position last weekend. Yeah. You know, we knew that was the weekend that it was going to come down to for making it in the conference tournament. You guys go down on the road to Pocatello and beat Idaho State 2-1, to one, although uh, you had to sort of see that one out because they yeah. scored a late goal to bring it back to 2-1. to one. And then in the season finale against Weber, which we thought was going to be a win-and-you're-in kind of yeah. situation because they were the team battling with you for that last conference tournament spot. You lose 2 to nothing, but you, you get into the conference tournament anyway what was it like going through it? You guys have not been in that position a lot. No, never. Needing to win on the final weekend. Yeah. Needing well, results on the final weekend to get yeah, in. Yeah. I would say 2018 was the last time we did it. Um, but 2018, we at least controlled it and won them both and comfortably made it in. This one was um, obviously knew it was going to be tough because we left Idaho State without Delaney Lou, who's got a – she ended up breaking her nose in the game. She's well defended against, I guess, if you want to double up on her and just continue hounding her the whole game. And so she ends up breaking her nose, so you lose your leading goal scorer, and then Allie Larson had some personal stuff going on, had to go home. So you've lost your best center back, you've lost your best center forward. Um, Mackenzie Kilpatrick's out still right now with an injury, so don't have her playing. So it was a patchwork lineup. And to be honest, the game didn't start that bad. 
We just weren't executing the things we were supposed to in attack. We missed a good opportunity with Charlie Boone. They catch us on one. Um, I thought second half started well. We actually played well. We put a lot of pressure on them and made it just a massive mistake in the back between Cam and Char, which led to their second goal, and then that's the end of it. But by then, we were already pretty well aware of what was going on in the other game and what needed to happen. The big piece for the team was nobody on the team was. And so the game ends and the whole team thinks the season's done. So you get that feeling of pain of knowing that these two people are never playing another game of soccer again because they're seniors and their season's done here. And we were celebrating, jumping up and down, screaming, we've knocked them out, they're out, they're out. But hey, we're, we're still alive. And again, like I said, had a good meeting about that. Got to reboot a couple things and just get better and get healthy at the end of the day. Whether Delaney's back, I don't know. But Larson's back, Z's back and we got more experience. Yeah, how do you go into a game like that missing so many starters? And you've had to deal with it a little bit this year. I know Ali yeah. Henriksen still hasn't been that back. She got hurt early in the season. Um, but those are two big pieces, right? Yeah. And and it's something that came on you pretty quick. Yes, yeah, came out of nowhere. Um, fully understand we'd be losing Larson. I knew that was going to happen, but without Kilpatrick, without Delaney Lou, um, it just made it more difficult for us. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was just a tough pill to swallow. And how, how do you fix it? You put other people on in key positions. And as much as somebody might do well in practice, it's different. The, the way I always evaluate players is, how do you do in practice? Oh, you did a really good job. Okay, I'll put you in any game. Can you do it in a game? Okay, you can do it in a game. Then can you do it in a high-stakes game that means everything? We must win today, so you have to perform today. And those are the levels that people grow through. And so the people we put in who have done well in practice and done well in a game did not do well in a high-stakes game that meant everything. And so that's what kind of all of a sudden lost even more depth because they just weren't ready to compete at that level yet in that kind of a moment. And that comes over time because I can flash back to 2019 and tell you that Ali Larson had multiple games where she didn't play well towards the end of the season where everything mattered. But now, of course, she's going to crush it because she's a senior. So over time, we'll be better. We just didn't have the personnel necessary to get that job done on Sunday. How much do you think that you have to, you know, change tactically to hide a player like that when you're forced to put them on the field? I mean, is that something that yeah. enters enters your calculation? Right? 100%. You immediately yeah. start thinking that, being like, oh boy, it's not working. <laughs> um, so how do you fix this thing right here? And so you start toying with the tactics and maybe shifting people to different parts of the field. And it's at the end of the day, sometimes you just can't fix it. And so then you just sit there and watch and there's worst thing ever for a coach at that point because there's nothing else we can do and you just hope it works out how much have you sort of in the second half of the season here as you guys are not getting the results that you guys want you're not playing up I think to your potential Mm -hmm. we would say how much does the the impetus to tinker and to switch the formation and to put players in different places how much does that come into your mind uh, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you should have right. seen us in 2018. It was We were taking center backs, putting them center forward. We were trying everything and anything, but the lessons that I learned over time doing that is it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Maybe once in a while you get a Janessa Fowler and you put her from a holding midfielder to a center forward, and we do well because of that. But most of the time, it's just too little too late at that point in time, and it looked good in a training session, but it doesn't mean it's going to work in a game. So you've got to, at some point, stay true to what you're doing and just fill the kids with belief, and you hope that it works out. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, in watching you guys, you've stayed with the 4-3-3 and, yeah. and sort of the same 
tactical responsibilities throughout that entire stretch. And I, I've yeah. been watching, wondering, you know, is, is he going to make a change here? Yeah. Is there something that they, that they have to do because yeah. they're, they're desperate, they're not getting results? But it, it yeah. was just, it, it looked pretty much the same. Yeah, and the opportunities, again, created in the second half were great. The goalkeeper sure. made some massive saves. We should have put Idaho State away in the first 20 minutes. We had so many golden opportunities to be up 3-0 by then. And 2018, the reason for changing and shifting as much as we did, because we weren't creating opportunities. We weren't getting chances. We weren't even close to it. This is, you saw the second goal in Weber. That's a mistake between two people. That's not necessarily a tactical issue at that point. So, yeah, you just at some point hope that those goals start going in because we're generating the looks. And like I said, Idaho State, we should have been up 3-0 within that first 20 minutes comfortably. Chris Chudovitsky, head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer team, joining us. For soccer and snow and smoke, a soccer and snow and smoke that I thought for a minute was going to be a season recap, but it turns out it's no, a conference tournament preview. We're still preview alive. Come on. Because the Grizz are going into the conference tournament in Greeley, mm-hmm. although Northern Colorado is not going to be in it this year. Yes. And that starts next week, and you guys are playing Portland State in the first round. We can talk about that. Let's go back to the Idaho State game for a second, which was your first game last weekend. Again, it was sort of a thing where you you needed players to step up, and in that situation you did because you had two mm-hmm. players score their, their first ever goals. Yes. Yeah, Ava was unbelievable um, to score the goal, and she's been doing it in practice over and over. Okay, you can do it in practice, now do it in a game. So she did it in a game, and then Maddie did the same thing, just a beautiful game winner there for us. Um, but other looks that were left on the field too. So, uh, But, yeah, happy with the two of them stepping up and getting those goals. That's massive. Yeah, and and that was the big one for you guys, sort of putting you in a decent position going into that Weber State game and allowing you guys to, to get into the conference tournament when some other things ha- happened on Sunday. What did you say to the team after that Weber State game when you guys knew that you were in? What did you say to just have them sort of progress and, and get into the right frame of mind for, for now continuing to play? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, talk about insight into something there. Um, again, their mindset is we're done. It's over. The season's finished. You just got people bawling their eyes out and bring them in in a group. One, just go see the fans and then come back into this group here. And besides talking about the game for a few seconds there, um, passionately, end up saying, you know what? You've been gifted here. You have literally been gifted a second chance at life because Idaho has beaten Eastern, as we assumed they would. They took care of business, which means we got one more game, if not three more games. And so... We need to fix things, and we're going to have this discussion when we get back to Missoula. And we had a really good discussion yesterday. Is that, and maybe this is too sort of inside baseball of a thing, but when you're having a meeting like that where there are important things that need to be said and important issues that need to be confronted, is that something that you as a coach want to have the floor the entire time, or is it something where players need to be stepping in as well? Yeah, great question. No, I had a meeting actually with a handful of members from the leadership group on Monday before we even had the meeting on Tuesday. So this is, and had conversations on the bus with the the upperclassmen of, this is what we feel like is going wrong. And at the end of the day, I'll break it down quite simply because I, again, I enjoy talking to you and being transparent with you and everybody that's in the crowd listening to this, right? Because I want you guys to know what it's like to be in that locker room. And the situation is, look at Weaver, look at their first three corners. Their first corner, we don't have anybody on the back post. Someone's not doing their job. Second corner, the only reason we have somebody on the back post is because I realize it and start screaming that somebody has to be there. We have a substitute come on, 
And her first action is to also not go on the back post on Weber's third corner. So those are details that matter. Those are little, tiny, minuscule things that, to be honest, when you look at it, if you forget to clock out a study hall during the week, of course you're going to forget to stand on the post when you're supposed to stand on the post. And so there have been little detail pieces that have been missing that over the years, if we flash back to 2018 and 2019, my usual preference on things that if you've messed up something, if you showed up late to an appointment, if you missed a meeting, if you missed a breakfast, I'm suspending you for a practice, right? You're out. If you do it multiple times, I'll suspend you for a game. And so 2018, you've got multiple people missing practices all the time, right? There's all sorts of consequences for the actions, high standards, high expectations here. 2019, same thing, right? 2020, 2021, we're in a honeymoon phase because no one wants to do anything wrong because nobody wants to miss anything. And your core group of the team is saying, this is what I'll happen to you if you screw up, don't do it. This is what happened to me. And as people graduate, you moved into this year, there have been mishaps. All of a sudden, there's a cell phone out at dinner. Why is there a cell phone out at dinner? You shouldn't be doing that, right? All of a sudden, there are people not on posts. All of a sudden, there are people clocking out late. All of a sudden, there's somebody who's missing a meeting. You've got little things happening that are detailed discipline related that that's completely against the core of who we are as a team. And at the end of the day, let's look in the mirror. The person that let it get away for a bit is me, right? And our leadership group. So that's what the meeting, they're sitting there and I'm sitting there and we're all thinking the same thing, which is, we got to get back to the core. And we don't want to save it for next year. Hey, let's get back to the core of who we are for next year. No, now. Because if you fix it now, this group's talented enough that if you pay attention to the details, especially defensively, if you press the right people and do your job defensively, it's a close game and we're talented enough to score one goal and win it, which what has been our bread and butter for years in this program. You think about Montana soccer, oh, they're going to win 1-0. 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, I'd like to get back to that even now as opposed to two or three zero win. Just get me back to one zero, which means work your butt off, be at the spot you're supposed to be in, let's get the result that we need. But that comes back to off the field discipline, off field consequences. You miss something, you're suspended. Yeah, that was the shocking stat that came out of the weekend, the 2-0 loss to Weber State on Sunday. Montana's first multiple goal loss to a Big Sky Conference opponent Yeah. under my guest here today, Chris Chitovitsky, yeah. and that's been five years now. Yeah. The thing that you're talking about with the discipline how do you not push the line? Because in my experience, it always is better on all the good teams that I've been on, the functioning teams that I've been on. That's something where the expectations come really organically yes. from the players themselves. Yes. And just from when you're a new player on the team, not even, I mean, having it laid out explicitly to you, mm-hmm. but then also from just observing the culture that's already there and observing yes. the expectations that are already there and how the players, I mean, everybody can tell when you come onto a team, who the best players are, who the leaders are, right? And just observing what they do and and how they build that culture. I mean, it's not something where you're you're hammering on it every day. Oh, exactly. And you shouldn't be hammering on it. That's why 21 was so, it's bliss. You didn't have to say a thing to anybody because everything's done perfectly all the time. But again, you got that core group of people who have been through something before who I'm not going to stand for this. And I feel like we just haven't been as connected as we should have been. I agree with you. Standards maybe weren't being upheld within the team as well and not from us as well. And that's something that you're assuming it's going to be like it was last year. But then all of a sudden, so many things have gone wrong that you're like, okay, this is definitely leading into some major issues that we have here. And it's normal. Again, you don't want to sit there and say, oh, this is abnormal. It's a terrible thing. It's this is normal. It happens. And I'm glad that we've caught it. And I'm glad that everybody wants to fix it because the meeting yesterday wasn't a, this is bad. This is terrible. It was Let's just take a look at this. Let's look at the number of goals we've conceded in conference play since 2018. 2018, 7. 2019, 2. 2020, um, 2020, it was 
three, last year, sorry, 21. So it's been seven, two, three, this year, nine. Why is it nine? Well, maybe because we don't show up on the post when we're supposed to show up on the post. We don't communicate to each other the way we're supposed to communicate to each other. We have cell phones out at dinner. We're showing up late for meetings. Why are all these little things happening? And that all directly leads into results on the field. And you all know this, like we know this. Please speak about that senior. Please speak about that junior. What was your experience like? What was your experience like? Yeah, and this is what we have to get better at. Do you, under, do you hear this, underclassman? You hear it? And let's reference Rocky, let's reference Creed, right? Look at both Rocky three and now Creed three that's coming out, it's the same thing. You got big, you got gluttonous, you got a little soft, you thought it was good. Meanwhile, everybody behind you in your shadow has been looking to annihilate you and they're coming for you. And they annihilated Northern Colorado. They finished with zero wins on the season. We survived. We've scrapped through. And as a team in 2021, our motto was guard our team, guard our turf, guard our title, and there's a shield that they would hold. We're not protecting anything. They already raided our house. They came here and they beat us. We went there and they beat us. Everything's gone. Everything that you thought you were holding onto is gone. So change the mindset, fix the details. Let's start again, because I don't want to talk about this next year. Maybe the legacy that our seniors leave behind now is we started fixing it so it doesn't happen again. And that, again, yeah, it's a crappy situation to be in, Andrew, but I'm kind of excited about it because we're fixing it. So yesterday's training after meeting, lights out. Absolutely perfect. I left it feeling like I have previous years. Because if you hold people to a high standard, they want to be at a high standard, they perform at a high standard. So, and it comes organically, like you said, from the team and from us as a staff. Yeah, it's interesting insight into just that mindset switch because you, I mean, we've talked about this so much, just the expectations that you guys had coming into the season mm -hmm. and certainly the expectations that you guys were building up through that non-conference run, which, yeah. as you said, was was really good and really exciting for the team and just now having to not have that mindset anymore and, and set your expectations a little bit lower and, yeah. and a little bit more practical for for the team as it is right now. That, of course, starts next week. Like yeah. I said, you guys play in Portland State. And thinking back to the Portland State game in conference, which is one of your early conference games, mm -hmm. an interesting experience and an interesting game for you guys because you went down early and then you, you couldn't get it back, although you had a number of chances yes. late and were just sort of pressing them for the entire game after the entire 60 minutes or whatever after yeah. they score that first goal. Um, but they were able to hold you guys off. What do you think about Portland State? How much do you take out of that first game? It's hard looking that far back, yeah. to be honest, right? Because Ashley is usually doing the scouts and Damien too, and they're looking at, well, how far back do we go? I'm like, you can't, they've lost their last three games. You got to look at sure. what's been happening in the last three games. What are the patterns that we're seeing there? We can't go back to that one. I have that one like painted clearly in my head. I know what I would do. Um, and if that's the same thing, then great, we're fine. But it's different. It's like we're different now. You become different after a couple losses. You become different after a couple wins, right? So the personalities change. Players are different. Um, we even have Jaden Griggs coming back from injury now, and you look at her in practice, you're like, that's a preseason Jaden. Look at her compared to Mesa. That's not a preseason Mesa. That's a more seasoned Mesa who's gone through more. So it's they're going to be different than what they were last time. What have you seen from them at, at the end of the season then? How, how have they changed, Portland State? There's still going to be classic Portland State, which is very good on set pieces. They're good at possessing the ball if they have to possess the ball. They're good at getting the ball into wide areas. And then the runners that come in from the weak side come in with so much pace and to the right spot at the right time, and they finish there. They've still got that. It's just not as usual end of the season, as sharp, as edgy. Um, while they used to maybe create tons of those opportunities, there's less of them now. And so 
everybody peaks at different times. Is that somebody that's peaked too early? Or maybe they can refresh now after nine days too, right? And try to fix that stuff. So yeah, that's what we're seeing. As you're going through the conference schedule and you've, you play everybody in the regular season, of course, so you've seen everybody, you know the six teams, the five teams, I guess, other than you, who are mm-hmm. going to be in the conference tournament. What's your read on the quality of the team this year? I mean, was there a team in the regular season that you thought was sort of a class above everybody? No. Yeah. I think it's very close. To be honest, I'm shocked that Northern Colorado's not in there. They were one of the best teams we played. They were very good, very just looked fresh, looked dangerous, but then gave up the most unlucky goals ever. I mean, that ball that comes in from Reeve kind of hits Eliza weird, somehow flips over the goalkeeper and goes in. I don't understand how, but watch all the goals that they've conceded this year. It's been like that. Just random things against the run of play, but they're out. Everybody else, I'd say NAU, you've got to give them some credit. They look dangerous and lethal in the attack, but there are some weaknesses on the back that can be exposed, so there's nobody that's 1,000 miles better than everybody. Yeah, Northern Arizona came in here and played you guys right on the same level. I mean, that was back and forth, yeah. and both of you, yeah. both teams had periods of that game where they looked better than the other, and yeah. that was sort of a weird game because of the first goal that you yep. guys gave up. Stab and soul, yep sort of colors everything and you know two minutes in on a mistake like that Mm -hmm. so that's that's an interesting game to evaluate but I thought Northern Arizona did a lot of good things and I thought it was good to see them end up with the the regular season championship oh 100% I think they deserve that at the end of the day just watching them play us and then you watch them play some other games it's like okay that's a team that I'm happy you got that I think you deserve it based on the quality of everything going on what's the experience going to be like and I think you guys played in Greeley last year as well for the conference Mm -hmm. tournament so you guys are familiar with that, of course. What's the experience going to be like playing there without having Northern Colorado in it? I, I don't know. Like, what would it be like if you were them? I don't know. I would yeah. leave town for a week. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go live somewhere else for a little bit. It's just hard. Even our hotel situation. Remember, they assume Northern Colorado is going to make it. Mm-hmm. So they only have five hotels that are ready. So guess what kind of hotel that we're staying in now? Because they only had five that were booked. Well, now they have to find whatever's available. So, I mean, we had this conversation yesterday of having more of a Spartan mindset, rip everything away, right? And then you turn around and you've been given the worst hotel you could possibly imagine. It's still fine, but compared to what everybody else is getting there in luxury and we're staying in bare bones, fine. Great. I mean, all the better. Remove the heaters, remove the windows, just put us in a log cabin with nothing. That's fine. That's where we have to go back to. We have to go back to who we are at our core, which is, I don't need anything else. I don't need the frills. I just want to work. That's yeah, the, there are some good campgrounds around Greeley, for go. sure. If you if yeah. you guys want to do that, just sleep <laughs> on the ground and, and lean into it. Yep. <laughs> Chris Chitavisky, head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer team, joining us for a little soccer and snow and smoke before the Grizz head off to the Big Sky Conference tournament in Greeley, looking to make their way back to the NCAA tournament, although they're going in as the number six seed, needed a little bit of help to make the conference tournament last week after they lost to Weber State 2 to nothing in their season finale. Chris, this feels more like a, a there's plenty of deep dives to go into about this oh, yeah. regular season, and I want to get into that with you, but that feels more like an after-the-season thing when everything is wrapped up. But anything else that you want to mention about just the arc of this season? Yeah, it's been... At the end, I was sitting there thinking the other day that Sports, in particular, all of them, because I can't just say, oh, it's only soccer, right? But it'll give you the highest of highs, and then it'll give you the lowest of lows. And it'll take you to 
it'll make you feel like your team's completely invincible, and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, we could lose every single game this year quite comfortably. So it's if you don't, and we again talked about this as well, if you don't love it so much that you're willing to accept that level of pain, then you're going to struggle playing here in playoffs, and you're going to struggle next year because we're, we're in pain right now. They've raided the house. They've taken everything. They've beat us, and you got nothing, and you have a choice. How you choose to respond is what matters right now, and you better love this team and love this sport because we're going to dig so freaking deep to get out of this thing. And then when you get high again and everything's working, just remember, you got to remember where you came from and what you had to build from. But of course, naturally, human instinct is to forget. And then the cycle starts all over again. Luckily, I think we've shortcutted it and found it and felt it. Hence the reason of not telling them after the Weaver game right away. Wanted them to feel the pain of everything being ripped away from them. Wanted them to hear them celebrating that we were out just so they understand what it feels like to lose everything. And now let's start building it again. What's the biggest on-field thing that you have to fix? Oh, injuries. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, you yeah. got to get healthy people back. Allie Henriksen's getting ACL surgery next week. So losing her now until next year. Um, just it, to be honest, I think I went in with the thinner squad this year. And 2019, no injuries. 2020, no injuries. COVID, no injuries. We've been injury-free for years. And all of a sudden had a thinner squad and injuries pile onto it. And it's the on-field thing to fix is, Chris, get a bigger roster. Do your job better. We have a recruit coming in this week again to add to the class next year. Just got off of the phone right now before this to add another one, right? So I've got to add two to three more because I've got to bolster the size of the squad in case this happens again. Got to have it happen again. The good thing about it, I guess, would be that it lets you put players into... It allows you to accelerate the curve that you were talking about yeah. earlier, where you're talking about seeing players perform in practice and then seeing them perform in a game, and then having to see them perform in a big game. It sort of allows you to see that right away, like against Weber State. You know, you've got Eliza oh, Bentler yeah. starting. You've got Reeve Borseth starting at the back, and that'll pay off... I you know, down the road, right? Oh, the lessons that they yeah. learn. I mean, Larson will still talk about it now. We lost, we went undefeated regular season in 2019, go into playoffs, losing the first game to Northern Colorado. I had to sub Allie off after 30 minutes because she's so frustrated and freaked out. She starts crying on the sideline, can't go back in because she's so in her head. Wonderful. That made her the hard-nosed monster she is today. And they're going to go through the same things. And it's good, but, oh, man, you got to sacrifice a result for it? That's hurting everybody, right? But that's you learn your less, your best lessons when you're losing. Nobody learns anything when they're winning because they don't even want to watch the film. Or do, oh, we won anyway. Well, no, you lost. Did you learn now? Good. Let's get better. Yeah, I guess the best way to do it would be to be able to do both at once. <laughs> but it's it's, <laughs> it's so difficult. What was your best moment from that conference schedule? When was the moment <sighs> you were feeling the highest? Because even Sacramento, I thought were we were sloppy in Sacramento. We were very good in Portland, but lost that game. Yeah. Let me flash through everything here. Northern Colorado, we get the red card and went down, and they just had to grind and get a result. For that the last was, tw 20 minutes exactly. or so, yeah. That, I think, was one of... That was, you got the best of both, right? You won, but you were put in such a difficult situation to hold on to that, that you almost got the best of both worlds there. Um, I really enjoyed that result. And I love the way we played in the first 20 minutes of Idaho State as well. But... We're talking about blocks of time here, yeah. right? We're not talking about complete performances. So, And that seems to have disappeared since non-conference play because, like I said, there's three seasons, and conference play is different. They've lived in our shadow. They've watched us celebrate forever. And every day it's like, I can't wait to take down northern Colorado. I can't wait to take down Montana. Look what happened to UNC. We're still alive. We're kicking. And 
I'm sorry, we're not going to just roll over and die. That's just not acceptable. Chris Chitovitsky from the Montana Grizzlies soccer team joining us for a little conference tournament preview. The Grizzlies, as he said, still alive. Oh, yeah. Going into the conference tournament as the number six team, the last team to make it in. Playing number three Portland State in the first round. Northern Arizona and Idaho are the teams with the buys, so they're yeah. they're the ones waiting. So you guys would play, We'd play Idaho. Idaho, yeah, yeah. If you guys get past Portland State, and for from there, who knows? I think it is really wide open with those it's six teams that are yeah. in. I think Sacramento is very good. I think Weber is peaking right now. They're looking good and feeling confident. They have an injury to a key player, but I think she'll be back. And then NAU's NAU, but let's face it. I mean, sitting around and waiting to play until next Friday is a nightmare. And then Absolutely. are you playing Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? We're playing Wednesday, oh. so that's good. So yeah, we, at least okay, get gotcha. the, we get the momentum of playing a game and then possibly stepping into a semifinal while Idaho's had to sit around for two weeks doing nothing. It, it hurts you sitting around doing nothing because it killed us last year. We almost lost a sack because of it. We had no momentum. We had to try to start the engine, and it just took a long time to get it rolling. Charlie Boone saved this by the end, but we were much better in the final. But there you go. I mean, it helps us out that way. If you get through the first one, you have a very good chance of getting through the second one. Right. And we see that all the time in the Big Sky Conference basketball tournaments, exactly. too. The, one of the teams that gets the win in the first game is just going to have it rolling, like the, the Portland State men last year Yes. Um, in Boise. It's just so hard to have a bye and sit and wait and then play a team who's just had a good performance by sort of default in the first round because they've got a win and they've got momentum now. And they've got emotion of winning in playoffs. That's right. Which is like, oh, all right, here we come, right? And you're cold. And it's it's, it's just sucks. oftentimes it's just so much easier to just keep it rolling once you yeah. have it instead of trying to start yeah. up from nothing. So a, a position that you guys haven't been in that much recently, but it, no. an interesting one. Yeah, interesting one. We were there in 2018. What happened? We beat NAU 1-0, yep. beat Northern, beat Weber 2-0, beat Northern Colorado 1-0. So is it doable? Yeah, the conference is tight enough for it. To be honest, anybody can win it. Um, you just got to show up and score and defend extremely well, which comes back to details. And so, yeah, we'll see how much of that we can fix here in the next seven days. Well, there we go. Chris, what else have you been watching? Have you been keeping up with the high school state playoffs? Have you been keeping up with, I know NWSL, MLS are in their playoffs now. The European yeah. season's still going. Yeah. Checked in on the high school games last night. Checked in on NWSL, obviously, on the road as we were going there and obviously getting updates from Taylor Hansen. Um, they were quite close of making it all the way to the finals. That's Lost in the cool. semis, right? Exactly. To, to yeah. Portland. Yeah, yeah. San Diego Wave falling yeah. in their first year in the semis. Yeah. And then keeping up, of course, with Champions League, everything else. But... I don't know. There's just something about after the meeting yesterday, just completely felt reignited and refreshed from the pain of suffering over the weekend, where it was almost like, God, we're lucky, but this is so heavy, and I got to get this heaviness off of me somehow. And thank goodness we got a team. As you said, good teams have internal leadership and just accountability there, and that people want to talk about it, people want to fix it, and they're, they're willing to step up and do it. So just felt light and good and I hadn't felt that way since non-conference to be honest so pretty excited about it well you don't get a chance to reset ever when you're in Mm -hmm. conference play because you're playing every weekend and you're sort of you fall into the routine of we're playing on the weekends then immediately we're training scouting moving on to the next one right the the week off sort of gives you a little bit of a chance to reset your mind yeah Yeah. and the the scary piece walking into that meeting too was like how are they going to respond to this like, cause this could, you can feel it right away of like, ah, oh, crap, doesn't matter what I say right now, we're dead. We're just floating fish in the water. But no, their response from it is what 
honestly just juiced me up was, all right, these kids want to fix this because we can try to fix it now. I'll wait until next year. Waiting until next year means there's a clear out and nobody wants to be cleared out. We want to fix this thing now. So yeah, anyway, feeling motivated, feeling excited and just, this has been good therapy for me. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. The studio is always open if yeah, you need right? to come in here, talk some things out, anything else on your mind. No, sports are cruel. And I felt the same way watching football play Sacramento. It's just, one, the whole targeting on a quarterback and how the game changes immediately, and then you get some calls. It's, I've just been watching cruelty over and over again, and it just seems like it's a year of just unfairness sometimes around the place, but that's the way the game is, so got to figure it out. Yeah, and how about this happening as sort of the the weather fits it, right? Oh, the first yeah, right? week of the, of the cold and <laughs> yep. the rain and the snow coming in and, and that happening. Yeah to football and you guys having to scrape and claw and be resolute, right? It sort of finally finally fits the mood. I mean, you guys are playing soccer in some gorgeous weather this fall. Yeah, exactly, right? But, yeah, definitely the weather came in at the right time and those results are there and it's just something's got to change. Football's in the same spot to us where how do you flip this thing around and grind out a result because that's what it's going to have to be at the end of the day, grind out a result. We're not going to play pretty. It's going to have to be figured out, and then the prettiness will come down the road. But first and foremost, defend like an animal. Defend for your life, and don't lose a game. Chris Chitavitsky, head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer team, joining us on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. For a little conference tournament preview, the Grizz in action mm-hmm. next Wednesday against Portland State in the first round game, and then hopefully playing through the weekend as they try to make their way back to the NCAA tournament and win another Big Sky Conference tournament championship. We'll catch up with Chris again, no matter what happens after that. Hopefully it's for an NCAA tournament preview. Ah, That would be great. But if not, we'll do a season review and we'll keep the content coming from inside the Montana Grizzlies soccer program all winter and into next spring here on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. I've been talking to Chris a lot, but there are so many interesting players on that team I want to talk to. Some of your assistant coaches, I need to get Ashley Herndon back in here, Damian Macias. Ashley Herndon, can I throw in a plug on her here quick? Sure. She told me that when she was, and she's going to hate that I'm saying this right now, she got called into USU 20 national team camp. And she's there, right? And this is when she's just out of college. So she's at USU 20 national team camp, and they have a meeting, and she missed the meeting because she thought it was optional. So, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. For the national what? team? For the national team. Yeah. You didn't show up to a meeting. And so, again, she's sharing that story yesterday to some of the freshmen who were like, oh, I can't believe I did something. I didn't go to a full national team meeting. Sorry, right? And this was These when that <laughs> Ashley Herndon was a one of the greatest players in the history of James Madison soccer and exactly. a, a multiple-time CAA player of the year yes. by that point. And, yep. and yeah. Yeah, so mistakes happen, but learn from them. But yeah, we'll talk about Ashley later. She can share that story for you. There you go. There'll be plenty more content coming on soccer and snow and smoke revolving around the Montana Grizzlies soccer team. But Chris, just thank you again for your time. Yeah. Good luck next week, but I I appreciate you always coming in here and and sharing the insight. Yeah, thank you very much, and I'll give you a check for the therapy, so appreciate it. (laughs) Soccer and Snow and Smoke is brought to you, as always, by Zootown Sports Cards, Missoula's hub for all things sports card and memorabilia collecting. Go down there and visit Hillary and Jason in the Stevens Center, 2100 Stevens Avenue. I know they got some World Cup sets coming out. They'll have all that product in their stores. Soccer and Snow and Smoke is also brought to you by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics and a huge supporter also of everything we do around here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company and at Skyline Sports. Whatever your internet and communications needs, 
Whether it's business or personal, get in touch with the fine folks at Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. And finally, Soccer and Snow and Smoke brought to you also by Canby Tap House and Coffee with two great locations in the Garden City. No more Montana Grizzlies soccer games at South Campus Stadium, but one of their locations right across the street from South Campus Stadium there on South Higgins Avenue. Montana Grizzlies softball season's coming up in the spring, so if you're checking out the Grizz softball team, make sure to get your pre- and post-game drink at Canby Tap House and Coffee. Thank you to all our sponsors. Thank you to Chris Chitovitsky, and thank you everybody for listening. This has been Soccer and Snow and Smoke.